0: Alright everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Smackdown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm your host Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter and on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function Podcast, which is just an NFL podcast centered around news and analysis. We also do weekly preview and review shows, previewing and recapping all of the NFL games. We just finish up the regular season pretty much. Still have one more week of games to recap, but we have previewed the, uh, the final week of the regular season, and then we'll get into the postseason and so on and so forth, but you guys aren't here for that. However, if you are a football fan, definitely go check us out over there, but you're here for wrestling, right? So we're going to get into that, SmackDown in particular, the SmackDown that aired on January 7th, 2022. This is actually my first show here in 2022 for the, uh, for the SmackDown review I do believe that last week, obviously, it being New Year's or New Year's Eve, I should say, on Friday, whenever I was supposed to record the show, I wasn't able to because of the SmackDown not being there. It was pretty much just like a top 10 moments of 2021 or something like that on FS1. So there really wasn't an episode of SmackDown. It was kind of disappointing, but I will say, just kind of a little bit of a peek behind the curtain into my personal life. Some of you might know, uh, back in January... Not this January, obviously, but a whole year ago, I had to miss a week because of COVID. And last week on Friday, I actually had COVID again. Like, but it wasn't nearly like the first time. i um, I tested positive on like Wednesday, I think it was maybe Tuesday. I don't really know exactly when. It seems like I mean all the days start to run together. So I just know there was a five week or a five day period last week where I was in quarantine and I couldn't do anything. A couple of days sucked, obviously, but. After that, I was pretty good, and I was healthy, and I definitely felt like I could have recorded the show. So it wasn't like back in January where I knew that I couldn't. I knew that there was no way in hell I was going to be able to record the show. The first time I had COVID, this time I was going to be able to, but it's just weird. I think the wrestling gods might have just kind of looked down and said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and give you this night off, I guess, uh, so to speak, just because of the whole top 10 thing. But I I will say, I was ready to to deliver a New Year's Eve episode of the SmackDown Review. But it didn't happen nonetheless. So I am excited to finally get back here. It's been two long weeks since I've gotten to talk wrestling with you guys. I feel like a lot's happened since then, obviously, with the day one pay-per-view and last night being a pretty eventful episode of SmackDown, I guess. I mean, some episodes of SmackDown, I talk about it all the time, they fly by. It seems like they take like 30 minutes of real time once you fast forward through commercials and all that stuff. So last night really wasn't that that type of show. It did drag on. It felt like it took forever. It felt like a full two-hour show. So we're going to do what we can to break it down for you in case you didn't get to watch it or if you just want to hear some analysis and somebody else's opinion on all of the events that happened last night. So we're going to go ahead and get right into that. Like I said, this SmackDown aired on January 7th, 2022 from quote unquote Connecticut. I probably should have looked up the exact city that it was in. I know we had someone in the Discord server who was in attendance at this show, but I don't know. They just they didn't say the actual city. They just said Connecticut and Roman Reigns said New England whenever he went out there. So it is what it is. They uh they like to keep those small market venues, I guess you can say, under wraps and not actually give it the publicity that it deserves. And I think that is kind of messed up. You know, I'm not a fan of hiding where you go. That's just weird. Like I don't really understand why. If you if you like that city enough to take their money, have them, you know, pack an arena and support you and your show, the thing that you're on tour doing, and you just so happen to go to their city, the least you can do is give them a little bit of notoriety and not like be ashamed of it. Like, don't say anything about it. Like, if you're not going to say the city, just shut the hell up and don't say anything. Nobody's asking, ooh, I wonder where they're at tonight. I mean, I- I'm curious. Every week I like to know where SmackDown's at. But I just feel like it's kind of weird. It's a little bit like a like a backhanded compliment. Kind of, yeah, we're going to give you the, the honor of hosting our show, but we're not going to tell anybody that we're doing business with you. We're not, it's just kind of weird to me. But anyways, let's get into how this show started. And it does start with Roman Reigns opening of the show coming out to the ring. And it doesn't take long for him to get some company. But before that happens, he starts to talk about Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, And he mentions that he never wants to see them again. He talks about being gone for one week and the show just, you you know, falls, the, the floor falls out from underneath is essentially what he was saying. That you can't have a show or at least a Smackdown without Roman Reigns and expect it to be a good show and there is a little bit of truth behind that. But like I said, as soon as he mentioned Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, as soon as he said he never wants to see them again in his life, Brock Lesnar's music hits. And you think we're about to get the typical introduction from Paul Heyman where he introduces himself and then talks about Brock Lesnar being the reigning, defending. Before he can really get going in his signature introduction, Brock Lesnar puts his hand over the microphone and takes it out of the hand of Paul Heyman. And then he gets in Roman Reigns' face and starts to give himself a passionate introduction. And he goes on to say that, I mean, he got what he wanted. Last Saturday in Atlanta, he got the WWE heavyweight title. The fact that Roman Reigns got COVID and had to miss, it really didn't matter because Brock Lesnar's intentions were to walk out of the State Farm Arena with a championship belt, and that's exactly what he did. It wasn't the universal title, but it was the WWE championship, a prestigious championship in the company nonetheless. So either way, he's happy. And according to Brock, Roman Reigns still has what he wanted. So, I mean, they both should be happy. So why not include the fans in that and let the fans be happy as well? So Brock Lesnar proposes that they have a champion versus champion match, a title versus title match, and basically just give the crowd what they want. Now, I started to have to pinch myself right here when this was going on because I thought I was in Survivor Series season. I thought it was November. I mean, what the hell? Isn't that the only time of year where we get this type of stuff, champion versus champion, brand versus brand, and we'll get a little bit more of that a little bit later in the show um, once we figure out who Roman Reigns' next challenger is? But, man, this this is just weird. I mean, we... I just don't really see the point of it. Like, why are you going to have your champions go at it? Like, there, there's really no excuse, honestly. Like, I don't care. You you could sit here and you could try to tell me why. Like, oh, well, this is why it makes sense. But I just feel like e- even if you can provide me a logical reason why you have Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, despite, I mean, Brock Lesnar's a free agent. He can go from whatever show. But he's the Raw champion now. Stay on Raw. Like, we don't need you coming over to SmackDown. And I get it, it's star power. There's a storyline technically going on. But that, that just you know, points to a bigger problem in WWE, and it's just their lack of structure. They absolutely don't have a structure. They don't. Like, it's honestly, it's kind of, it sucks to see, because I really love that. I I love that about a wrestling show. I love the structure behind it. I love whenever a brand split stays true to their rules, and people are synonymous with their individual brand. You guys know that. I I preach that on this show every week. But, I mean, they're not even, like, doing a half-assed job doing it. Like, they're just literally doing it, like, as, like, as, as, bad as you possibly can like I, I don't even really understand the point of it like they had a draft a while back what, what was the point in that to gut smackdown's roster and just make raw have a more dominant roster but even then like you're bringing seth rollins back over here to smackdown now you're bringing brock lesnar over here despite being the champion it just really i mean i don't know it just seems all muddy and i don't like that especially with my top championships there should be a clear picture on what's going on with them and it's just weird. I know Roman Reigns getting COVID kind of threw a wrench and everything because Brock Lesnar was there in Atlanta. He was supposed to have a championship match. I'm not sure if he was going to win it and take that championship off of Roman Reigns. I mean, I guess we'll never know that. But I know that they decided to give him the championship, the WWE title that is. As soon as he was announced in that match, I knew that was going to happen. I told one of my good buddies, I said, look, they put him in that match for a reason. They're not going to have him go up there and lose to any of those guys. And I know it was fatal five way rules once he was added. So Brock Lesnar didn't have to take the pinfall, and he could have still walked away looking strong, not a, not a champion, and just continued this program that they had with you know Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. And, I don't know. I just feel like they made it sticky because they gave Roman Reigns a new challenger at the end of the show tonight. So it's like, why did they even have this face-off? Why did you even mention champion versus champion? And it, he doesn't accept it. I'll, I'll go ahead and get back into that. I kind of got off topic a little bit on a little bit of a rant there. But Roman Reigns does agree that that would would be a good idea, having the champion versus champion match. But he eventually says no and then insults Paul Heyman in the process. And Heyman kind of chimes in and starts to take credit for Roman Reigns' title reign or title run, I guess is a different way to say it. But he also takes credit for negotiating him into that Universal Championship match in the first place. Like, Paul Heyman is literally saying, hey dude, without me, you likely wouldn't have even gotten that opportunity. So I thought that was an interesting point to make there. But... Heyman might have said too much because he eventually started to, I guess, you could say butter up Roman Reigns a little bit. I don't know. It kind of started to compliment him. He actually said that he loved Roman Reigns a lot. Uh, He mentions how much he loves him and essentially worshiped the ground that he walked on. Like He even says, like, if he wouldn't have fired me and then physically assaulted me, I'd still be over there with him. And Brock Lesnar eventually tells him to shut up. And then Roman Reigns kind of starts to defend Paul Heyman and then... Brock Lesnar eventually gets in Roman Reigns' face again and starts to tell him to shut up. And then Paul Heyman kind of jumps in there and tells him not to talk to Roman like that. Like, this was weird. I feel like this took a weird left turn here today. And it's now like a form of like a love triangle dynamic. Like, it's 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 literally weird. Like, I don't know kind of what to expect from here. And like, whose side is Paul Heyman on? Like, it just... I felt like it kind of... Like, I don't know. I don't want to just completely belittle what Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman went through and like the whole past year or whatever like how long he was by his side as the special counsel to the tribal chief his role that he was in like I know how significant that was and the the role that it had on Smackdown just making it a a weekly show that I had to cover that was entertaining like it really was I feel like that was the best part of it but the way they're handling this now, like having Paul Heyman come out with Brock, it just, it was the ultimate heel move at first. Like when I saw his facial expressions, like how he had like that smart ass look on his face, like as if he pulled one over on Roman, I was like, damn, is Roman Reigns really going to turn babyface here? And the way this kind of happened, I don't know. Like because he turned Brock Lesnar down, he, he refused to do his challenge for champion versus champion. That's not, that's like a heel move to do. That's like a heel thing to do. But he, started defending Paul Heyman, which is kind of sort of like a little bit of a babyface thing to do. And eventually Superman punched Brock Lesnar. So I don't know. That this like like I said, I've said multiple times. The only way I would describe this is weird. That's kind of the 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 direction that it went down now. Before this, I thought that it had a nice, you know, a good structure to it and there was a clear path where they were going. Just Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar being on a collision course. But now more people are being added here. They both have a championship. There's no reason. This is not the time of year where you have champions going against each other. Like, are you kidding me? This is WrestleMania season. You could be building up two challengers right now to go against these two behemoths. Like, why are you trying to have those two go against each other? It's just literally like grade school type booking. Like, it's almost pathetic. Like, I'm sorry to say, but just the way that WWE handles just their day-to-day operations from booking and keeping talent to releasing talent. It's a joke. Like, it's a flat-out joke. Tony Storm being released, William Regal over the weekend, Samoa Joe, including a long list of others. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I love WWE to the core. Like, there's never going to be a time where I'm not watching wrestling, you know? Like, I haven't been watching Raw lately, and i am admitted that. And I really feel like I will start watching again at some point once it's consistently good. But, dude, I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me to come on here and have, like, a positive perspective whenever six days out of the week. Like, yeah, seven I, on the seventh day... I get to sit down and watch SmackDown and enjoy it, but the six other days in the week, it's like WWE is not helping themselves out at all, and, and it really is tough to watch. Like, it's almost like they're just handing AEW the throne. Like, I know WWE they have this worldwide platform; they're like a billion dollar corporation, obviously. But I'm not gonna lie, dude, they're really just they're handing AEW the momentum, and momentum really is like. Depending on how you use it, obviously it's a word. Whenever you're using in wrestling, technically it's not real, but in some sports it really is real. It really is real. Like I'm, I've played football before. I've been in the fourth quarter whenever you had a lead on a team, twenty-one to zero. Next thing you know, you're looking up and it's fourteen nothing. They have the ball. Like that, that's a real form of momentum. And I just feel like AEW with the stars that they're signing, with the type of wrestling and the type of product that they put out on a weekly basis, and WWE is just like the complete polar opposite of that. It just feels corporate it feels PG it doesn't feel like anything could happen at any given moment it's almost like you can predict what the show is going to what the show's going to be before it even happens you know and that's just sad so I guess I can kind of get off there but I had to get a little bit of a rant out because man I'm just I'm not happy with what I'm seeing from WWE and it's it's really not something like here lately like oh they just started doing something no it's like a build-up from years and years of bad booking and just giving fans a reason to be pissed off And you guys know, for the most part, I'm pretty positive on this show. I mean, every now and then I'll have a rant, but I don't just come on here and just like crap on the product just to do it. Like if they give me a reason to, yeah, obviously I'm going to voice my opinion. And if you guys agree with it, cool. If not, I mean, that's what this show is about. That's what podcasting is. And just you, you can have your own opinions. You know, you don't have to agree with everything that everybody else says. That's, that's perfectly fine. Healthy discussions and healthy debates are like a good thing. So I don't know. Just kind of wanted to get that out there and say um, that I'm not necessarily happy with WWE right now. And I'm sure some of you feel the same way. But like I said, it doesn't mean I'm going to stop watching. It doesn't mean I'm just going to, you know, completely turn heel on the business or anything like that. I'm still a huge fan, still going to continue to watch SmackDown and cover it for you guys, obviously. But man, this is just, something has got to change at some point. Like, it really does. And until then, until that happens, WWE is just not going to be taken serious by some of the more hardcore fans out there that know what a good wrestling promotion is and how it's supposed to look. But I'll continue on here. We got Rick Boogs versus Sami Zayn. And Sami has a pre-match encounter with Johnny Knoxville, gray-headed Johnny Knoxville. That's still not going to look normal to me. It's just weird to see. But he tells Johnny Knoxville that he has not earned a right to qualify for the Royal Rumble. And he asks him, like, you haven't proved to me that you're worthy of even being in this match. So what are you even doing kind of throwing your name in the hat, so to speak, and trying to get yourself involved in this Royal Rumble match, and let's see here, that's pretty much where that ends, Johnny Knoxville gets embarrassed a little bit, I guess you could say, by Sami Zayn, but Johnny Knoxville does get the last laugh, and we'll get to that here in just a little bit, but this whole thing kind of reminded me, just Sami Zayn chasing this Intercontinental Championship match, and he's supposed to get that Intercontinental Championship match, remember, he won that Battle Royal, whatever it was, a gauntlet Something like that. I don't remember exactly what the stipulations were, but Sami Zayn earned a number one contender spot at that Intercontinental Championship, which is, I mean, I guess I should have maybe saved this for a a different part in the show because coming off of a rant into talking about the Intercontinental Championship, it's like I'm setting myself up here for a really negative start to the show, and I'm not trying to do that because, I mean, but you guys know how I feel about this Intercontinental Championship stuff. Like, uh, they're not helping us, you know? They're not giving us a reason not to feel this way. Like, I want to see that championship come out here and be defended. The Intercontinental Championship or Champion wasn't even involved in this match. It really wasn't. It was his right-hand man, the electric guitarist, who I will say, not a bad job on the guitar tonight. I mean, he usually does a pretty good job, but this was one of his better performances, I will say. And that's irrelevant, obviously, but if he's going to come out there and play the guitar every week, I'll give him credit whenever it actually sounds pretty damn good. So... Let's see here. Boogs does win this match with a roll-up, though. I mean, there was nothing really noteworthy about it. These Rick Boogs, Shinsuke Nakamura matches where one of them's in the ring, the other one's on the outside just causing a ruckus. It's not really doing it for me anymore. It's, It's kind of getting old at this point, especially when they're just holding that title hostage. So this wasn't even entertaining in the slightest for me. I'm sorry, but anyways, let's see here. Johnny Knoxville comes out after this match is over. And he sneaks up behind Sami Zayn and throws him over the top rope to prove that he is worthy and that he should be in that Royal Rumble. And then immediately he was granted a spot, making it seven out of the 30 spots. Nearly one-third of the the field is filled up for the Royal Rumble contestants. Rey and Dominic Mysterio, Austin Theory, The Street Profits, and Sheamus. And also, obviously, um, Johnny Knoxville. So... I feel like it's... I mean, there's only 30 spots. I was never really a fan of that whenever I heard about it. Whenever I heard that Johnny Knoxville was going to be added to the Royal Rumble. Cause that's just a wasted spot right there. Yeah, it's going to be funny. The crowd's going to enjoy seeing him eliminate a wrestler, which is going to be embarrassing for that wrestler, whoever it ends up being. I mean, I'm still going to enjoy the Royal Rumble. It's still going to be fun for me to to sit there and watch it, but man, I just... There's like even like with the women like they they ruined all the surprises. They literally announced Charlotte does because she comes out next and she announces some of the women who are going to be in the Royal Rumble, including herself. But I mean, she announces the Bella Twins, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, Summer Rae, Lita. I feel like the Summer Rae one was a little bit weird. That that's probably the one that jumped out to me the most. Kind of came out of nowhere that uh, that she's going to be entered in the Royal Rumble this year, but Lita as well. So you're going to get your fair dose of legends. Just hope that you weren't. Uh, expecting a surprise because they definitely are going to go ahead and tell you beforehand who's all going to be participating in that match once they're all announced but like I said Charlotte Flair comes out she announces all those women who I just mentioned including herself so basically Charlotte's going to be in the Royal Rumble if she wins as champion she gets to pick her opponent for Wrestlemania which is just the ultimate hill thing obviously she's going to pick somebody like let's see hmm Uh, Shotzi. Let's use her for example. I'm a fan of Shotzi, but clearly a mismatch from Charlotte. So you could just anticipate that Charlotte is going to pick somebody like that who would just absolutely get ran through. But Naomi's music hits. And she comes out and tells Charlotte, hey, if you're looking for an opponent you don't have to wait until after the Royal Rumble or till WrestleMania or whenever to pick your next opponent. Why don't you look no further than right here and give me an opportunity. Where Charlotte does the typical and basically laughs it off asks Naomi what um what have you done to deserve an opportunity at my championship which I mean Charlotte's a person who's consistent there she doesn't just give title opportunities out to people unless you you know do something that pisses her off or something like that which Naomi does because she smacks her right across the face we go to commercial break and come back and we get that one-on-one match Naomi versus Charlotte and I will say Naomi actually held her own here she really did There was one point in the match where she looked to be closing in on a countout victory until Sonya Deville comes out and clarifies that this match cannot be won via countout distracting Naomi enough for Charlotte to get back in the ring and regain control. And then as the match goes on a little bit later, whenever Charlotte Flair has Naomi in the figure four, she goes to grab the ropes, Naomi that is, to get the rope break. And Sonya announces that this match cannot be won by disqualification either. And that's kind of where it lost me. Like I was like, okay, I have no idea what the hell's going on here. Obviously, Naomi or so- Sonya Deville is just trying to screw over Naomi. And that's another thing. Naomi is kind of dealing with a little bit of like the Omos treatment here as far as like her name getting like multiple different ways. Except it's only Sonya Deville. Like, can somebody help me out here? Why does Sonya Deville say Naomi? Like she, she's the only person that I know in all of WWE who says Naomi, like pronounces it like that. And I know I've heard it before in like other areas, but I feel like we get confused with Omos' name only because there's a few people who pronounce it wrong and say Omos. Like seriously, if people would just listen to what the more consistent pronou- like pronunciation is – it's clearly Omas. like, we've heard that more often than not, because every now and then somebody will slip up and say Omos, people will raise the question, wait, so what is his name again? Like, no, don't overthink this. It's pretty clear what his name is. And Naomi, it's just, like, it's just a, uh, like a the way you pronounce it. I've heard it before several ways, but I just think it's weird because I've heard Sonia Deville say it several times, Naomi, but I hear everybody else say Naomi. So that's just one of the more weird things that, um, that I guess will get under your skin with Sonia DeVille as like a heel GM. It's just something small. You know, that's when you know she's doing her job. When something that small can like rub you the wrong way. Like, why are you pronouncing her name like that? Like, come on, just listen to literally everybody else here on the microphone whenever they talk to her. They'll call her Naomi. I'm pretty sure I've heard Jimmy Uso say Naomi. And that's really all the confirmation I need right there. But let's see here. I know Charlotte does get the win after this. I was After it was pretty much just, you knew that, Naomi was screwed because of Sonya Deville. Charlotte eventually wins with natural selection. So, um, And after the match is over, Sonya gets on the microphone and declares Naomi the loser of the match. And she says Charlotte's the winner, but it's just, you know, a, a little slap to the face, a little kick you while you're down. She gets announced as the loser of the match. So Sonya Deville continuing her heel tactics. This little program with her and Naomi has gone on for a pretty long time. It's to the point where I mean, you can't push it all the way to mania, but you have to have a meaningful blow-off. This just can't be a program that ends on a random smackdown because you need a match that night. Like you have to do you have to do the right thing here, and you have to give this match a pay-per-view quality, not on the pre-show, right there in the middle of the card. You gotta have this match because I think it's worthy. The storyline backs it up and it'll be entertaining. I know people want to see it. I want to see Naomi beat the hell out of Sonya Deville. I'm sure other people do as well. So uh, I think that'll be a pretty beneficial thing to do is to build it up a little bit more. But man, they are flirting with a few months here. So they are uh, one of the rare times that WWE actually likes to build up a storyline and have a long time or long term storyline telling or storytelling, whatever you want to call it, however you want to phrase it. They don't usually do that. They're usually pretty quick. Like, no, we want it now. We want to move on to the next thing and um, they're actually taking their time with this one, so kudos to WWE. See, it's not always just bashing. Whenever they do something good that I like, I'm going to tell them, and I'm going to give them the credit. So, I mean, I feel like I've been pretty fair for WWE for the whole time I've been doing this show. Maybe even a little bit too fair. Sometimes I don't, you know, go on a rant whenever a rant is very much deserved, but either way, I mean, it's not like me going on a rant is really going to change anything or sway their opinion or anything, but... It just feels better. You know, getting it off your chest makes you feel a little bit better. So anyways, we will go ahead and move on here with what happened next in the show. Let me pull up my notes here. Oh yeah, Adam Pierce. He's seen backstage talking to Sonya Deville and he announces that he's been given permission by upper management to choose Roman Reigns' next opponent for his universal championship. And that right there tells you, like, th- that's where I initially got confused because I was like, wait a minute. Are Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns not, I mean, did they not just have a little bit of a face-off? Did he not Superman punch Brock Lesnar? Like, when have you ever known Brock Lesnar to get punched in the face and not do something about it? Like, you think he's just going to turn his back, walk back to Monday Night Raw? Ooh, Roman Reigns has a new opponent. It's time for me to go find one. Oh, and, he are, and he actually has one too, Bobby Lashley, now that I'm thinking about it. So what the hell? You know, like, why are you going to SmackDown to pick a fight with Roman Reigns whenever you have a challenger over there on Monday Night Raw waiting for you with a match scheduled already for the Royal Rumble? Which Little sidebar here. I am very excited for that match. It's a long time coming. These two match up well against each other. And I think that might be one of the more um enticing or matches that I'm anticipating, I should say. Cause it does it's just a juicy matchup. Like that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to about that pay per view. But anyways, I just thought that was kind of strange that um that they're still having this Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns collision course. I mean, are they just saving it for WrestleMania? Are they gonna kinda like have them butt heads and not officially do the match. Like just something gets in the way, whether it's COVID or a new opponent or something like that to where the match has to keep getting pushed back. Like it was supposed to start at day one and something tells me they might push this all the way to WrestleMania. I don't know. That just kind of, kind of what I think here. And that would be a hell of a WrestleMania main event, but I mean champion versus champion won't work out. Like you can't do that at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. You need two championship matches and you need challengers to overcome or at least, be in a storyline where they, they look like they're going to overcome. They don't always have to win to WrestleMania, but still you can't have these two tweener, half heel, half babyface characters go out at a WrestleMania, both being champions. I'm sorry. You just cannot do that. But anyways, continuing on here, we get a segment of happy talk and we get a special guest. This was actually a special edition of happy talk and it is Drew McIntyre, or at least that's whose music it's. But it ends up being Madcap Moss coming out dressed like Drew McIntyre, wearing a kilt, talking in a Scottish accent. And I will say, I've seen worse. And I'm just going to be honest. Like, Obviously, anytime you see Madcap and Happy Corbin go out there and they're having one of their happy talk segments or anything like that, you just know it's likely going to be hot garbage. But I've seen worse, obviously. I mean, this is one of the things. I mean, the longer it went on, the worse it got. So it's not like it was just like a a home run or even, like, a triple or anything like that. It was just, whenever I saw him, like, making fun of Drew McIntyre, I was like, hm, that's kind of funny. Like, I, that type of stuff, I guess, makes me laugh. And, um, like I said, w- probably wouldn't have made me laugh every single time because I'm not a fan of these two guys. But I-, I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, to be honest, I've seen worse. So I- I'm not just going to completely crap all over this. The Viking Raiders eventually come out and interrupt this match because they do have a scheduled tag team against Corbin and Madcap. So that's what we get next, the Viking Raiders versus the Happy Folks. And Madcap hits Eric with, quote-unquote, the punchline, which is his new finishing move, I guess. It's some sort of, like, variation of an inverted neckbreaker. So that's what he uses to pick up the win. Not really a meaningful match here. Just kind of a little bit of a filler and to further this Drew McIntyre feud with Corbin and Madcap. But it's been tweeted, or I guess reported, that Drew McIntyre suffered a pretty serious injury. Maybe not like, you know, career-threatening or anything like that, but an injury that might cause him to miss some time. And if that's not the case and he's just taking some time off, I mean, either way, either he's really injured or it's a storyline. And But either way, he's going to take some time off. So you can expect Drew McIntyre to not be around in the coming weeks, but who knows, he could pop right back up. I expect Drew McIntyre to show up at the Royal Rumble, though. expect him to take the, the rest of the month of January off for the most part. And then pop up, probably entrant number like 21 or something like that. But anyways, let's see here. Only a couple more things to talk about here. Adam Pearce walks into Roman Reigns' locker room. It's weird seeing Roman Reigns sitting there by himself without Paul Heyman just sitting there staring over his shoulder and all that stuff. I'm going to be interested to see how that kind of plays out. You know, how Roman Reigns, this version of Roman Reigns by himself without the aid of Paul Heyman because that always, I mean, he's been by his side since day one of this hill turn. So Definitely going to want to see kind of how it plays out there. But Adam Pearce goes in there and he tells Roman Reigns that he's decided who his next opponent's going to be. And Roman Reigns tells Adam Pearce, unless it's you, I don't really give a rat's ass who it is because there's nobody on this roster who I haven't smashed. And Adam Pearce basically just leaves. Roman Reigns tells him leave so he can watch his cousin's main event match, which is happening next. But Roman Reigns could definitely care less for who his next, uh, who his next challenge is going to be. His confidence is at an all-time high. Nothing's really going to change that. So just expect Roman Reigns to go into this next feud with a very big-name wrestler, and uh, it's going to be pretty damn good. But before we talk about who that next wrestler is going to be, let's go ahead and get into this main event here, the street fight for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Usos versus the New Day. And, I mean, tell me if you've heard this before, not a street fight for the title. So it is a little bit different, but these two here, I guess, in... This fall slash winter, we've seen a lot of Usos versus New Day. And it's just, I mean, I've seen a lot of this, you know, this matchup for the past like five or six years. So anytime I see this, like just like on a regular SmackDown, I'm just going to be honest. It's hard to get excited for it. Like it really is. Like I just don't know why. And it's just like, oh, this match really isn't meaningful. And and this one was good. Like it really was. This was a damn good match. So, I mean, it's not like they can't put on a, a good show together. But it's just one of those things like we've seen it so many times that it just feels indifferent. Like, I mean, yeah, the titles were on the line. So if the New Day would have won, it definitely would have mattered. But at the end of the day, would it really have mattered? I mean, yeah, Roman Reigns probably would have been completely pissed off. The bloodline would have started to kind of crumble in front of our very eyes because he would have been so disappointed in them. And they would have just had to go on like a hunt to get their championships back. But all in all, on paper, this matchup just it's somewhat stale i guess you can say and it no matter how it lives up to the hype and it does i'll watch it every single time but just seeing these two go at it for the thousandth time it just kind of tells me man we need some more tag teams in wwe and it's not that we need like there's a shortage of them we just need them to get booked we need them to get better looks you know like los letharios the viking raiders like there's enough tag teams on this on this roster where you can do something and you could feature them in these matches And I understand you're not going to give one of those other tag teams just a random championship match. It makes sense. The Usos and the the New Day have been in a little bit of a feud here. But what I'm saying is, build up some of these other ones because we've seen this so many damn times. Like, I cannot be the only one who is just tired of seeing this. Like, I can't. Like, it's just hard to get excited for it. Like, just being completely honest. But this match does inevitably make its way up the stage and into the huge LED boards and then back into the ring. And one of the wrestlers, one of the New Day members were duct taped to the top rope here. And like the the roll of duct tape kind of gets thrown into the ring. And then somebody is about to get a, a DDT on it. But you could tell that it wasn't meant to happen. Because the referee just like smoothly kicks that roll of duct tape out of the ring. So just a little good job by him. Like I know it probably wouldn't have like hurt the wrestler too bad. But either way, I mean just heads up move by that ref. So shout out to him. Definitely. Uh, I noticed that. So anyways, we'll, we'll move on here. Continue on in this match. It does end up going into the crowd and the still steps go out there too. They put on a little bit of show, knocking somebody on their ass, getting hit in the head with steps. If you're sitting there front row and you see that happen right in front of you, I can tell you from experience, it does add to your show and it makes the experience so much better. Like it's it really is a damn good time, but the crowd asked for tables and that's exactly what they got. The Usos do win with a one D quote unquote through the table to retain their tag team championships. So, That's one thing that um, we talked about is the Usos have been using the 3D, the Dudley Boys tag team move, and I guess now they're calling it the 1D because that's what Michael Cole said. So at least they, you know, are calling it something different. Like it's kind of similar to what Kevin Owens did, calling the Stone Cold Stunner just the stunner. Taking the 3D, calling it the 1D. So, I mean, it is a little bit of a shout-out to the past, you know, um, keeping a move alive. I'm sure the Dudley Boys appreciate it. I mean, I don't know for sure, but, I mean, would you rather, like, be forgotten and nobody, you know, pay homage to you or, you know, show respect to your legacy? Or would you rather somebody kind of, you know, give you a shout out every week on the show? Because every time that move happens, I think about the Dudleys. So in a way, it's a little bit of like advertisement. You know, it's like reminding friends or fans, I guess you could say, who the Dudley boys were and giving them a little bit of a shout out on a weekly basis. But up next, as the uh, tribal chief, Roman Reigns, is in the locker room watching this matchup, he hears a knock on his door. And it's not just like a normal knock, it's like an obnoxious knock. And he kind of stands up, and who walks in? None other than Seth Rollins. That's who Roman Reigns' next opponent's going to be. And all he does is like laugh in Roman Reigns' face. Like just seeing the shock on Roman Reigns' face was just hilarious to Seth Rollins, and he has that obnoxious laugh. So that's how SmackDown went off the air, breaking that news to us that we're going to get Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble. So think about that, those two championship matches that I mentioned. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Like, are you kidding me? Those are two badass matches. Main event quality, WrestleMania quality, that they're going to be on the Royal Rumble, and then you also get the Royal Rumble match, two Royal Rumble matches. I mean, come on, guys. This is setting up for the Royal Rumble to be one of the best pay-per-views, as if it isn't already. Every year, people look forward to the Royal Rumble. But when you have those type of championship matches, and why not? I mean, forget it. Throw a... Sonya Deville and Naomi on there. That's another grudge match. Makes that pay-per-view card a little bit more juicy. It's just, I mean, Royal Rumble back in 2015 is really the pay-per-view that got me seeing Roman Reigns win that inevitably. People were pissed off that Daniel Bryan didn't win it. Roman Reigns did, eventually went on to WrestleMania. Lost to Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. The rest is history. You guys know what happened, but either way, what I'm trying to say is if you provide like a good Royal Rumble card and it's a badass show you can get a fan hooked I mean I could speak from experience had that Royal Rumble not been as badass and I didn't get like hooked to the Roman Reigns character that I did who knows if I would have ever fallen in love with wrestling again so definitely uh there's benefits to having a badass show I mean I just it's I feel like it's pretty common sense it's better to have a good show than a bad one so having those two championship matches on the Royal Rumble card in of itself is going to make that card a Like one of the best shows. I almost had a cuss word there. That's how excited I am. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in here to the SmackDown Review. That does just about do it for me. I'm about to watch some football. Like I said, this is Saturday that I'm recording. this. There's a couple games on today. So I'm going to have to cover those for my other podcast. Like I said, Football Function. If you're a football fan, go check us out over there. I promise you will not regret it, but... I do want to thank you guys, obviously, for listening to this show. If you are a first-time listener, thank you. I promise the shows usually aren't this negative. Normally, I have some good things to say, but I don't know. I had some rants to get off my chest here. But if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making this part of your weekly routine. And I hope you will continue to do so. I'm looking forward to next week as we get closer to Royal Rumble season. This is when wrestling really starts getting good. Like I said, that Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar stuff is a little bit weird. I kind of want to see how that plays out. Same thing with the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins stuff. Is Roman going to appear on Raw now? A lot, to, uh, a lot to unfold, a lot to unpack, so good reason to uh, keep watching wrestling, right? Good reason to tune in next week, so shout out to you guys. Hope you guys all have a damn good week And so, I talk to you next time. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.